0: In one of the last episodes, we talked about this, and just kind of by way of example, let's just say that the Apostle Paul were alive and well today in the midst of COVID-19. Oh, my Lord. It's really interesting to think about how he may have responded to a situation like this, because culturally, things were a little bit different for him. In your very humble, very humble opinion. You're just trying to make me angry. As a (laughs) season 40-plus-year pastor... With a Bible college degree in pastoral theology, and I would, who I would consider well acquainted with the Apostle Paul. You've preached, I don't know how many sermons on the Apostle Paul and his writings, preached one this morning. Mm-hmm. How do you think he would be responding to the events of today if he were walking the earth?
1: Well, I've, I've kind of put some of that, I've slowed my brain down on that. I, I think you're punching, you're trying to punch the bear here. Um, I will tell you this. I don't think Paul would have been happy with the church before COVID, the American church before COVID. Hello, and welcome to Rescuing Churches with Stan and Josh Gibbons. This is the official podcast of 614 Ministries, where we exist to renew vision and restore hope at struggling churches across the country. With over 80% of churches in decline and 1,500 pastors a month battling depression, we strive to equip members and encourage ministers to pursue new directions of stability and growth. Hey, everybody. Welcome
0: to Rescuing Churches. My name is Josh. And I'm Stan. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about a topic that ought to be rather fresh on Stan's mind, seeing as how he just preached about it last week. And that's because we're recording this on a Sunday afternoon, which is our usual recording time. And That's always great because that means that every sermon my dad has preached should be fresh on his mind. <laughs> right. Right. Every sermon. Every single sermon, especially the one that he preached this morning or last week. Or last Last week. At least those two. Yeah. Dad, last week you taught on what we are calling the one another's as a part of your Strong Mm -hmm. Church series in 1 Timothy, Mm -hmm. specifically how individuals in the body of Christ are members one of another and dependent on each other. And as we're continuing to see the local church at large across the U.S. kind of wane in health During this COVID pandemic, it's become really, really obvious how critical and paramount the one another's really are to the health of the local church. I know you mentioned in a recent episode, you kind of have a fear that the church isn't doing any of the one another's anymore,
1: that we're struggling with. The connective fellowship of the church, which involves the assembly of the church together, Mm -hmm. assembling under the same roof and looking each other eye to eye and checking off on each other. None of that's happening with great frequency. And as per our podcast a couple of weeks ago that we released with the Barna group, um, you know, a third of everybody's kind of backing out of all that anyway. Um, and then you've got your own church members that are prop. Maybe you would consider faithful. They're holding out as well, you know, for whatever reason. So the, the dynamics of the assembled church is even different now. And it's just weakened our overall fellowship in one another's, which weakens the overall testimony of the church. And and the church's unity is the key to that. The church has to be unified and you get unified around the fellowship. Think of a very close family setting where families get really close to each other through trials, through through great times, births, family, family births and all that. You begin to build this connectivity that gets stronger and stronger and stronger. But then, when you just all of a sudden break that family apart and put them all in these separate locations and park them on couches so you can't see each other, now there's a problem. So, that's my, I'm with Paul on that. You know, it, it's the devotion thing. We've, we've lost our core devotion if we're not careful. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. I, I think a lot of what we're seeing right now
0: with the church at large, capital C, just across the United States has. Um, kind of come to a place where people are apathetic in a lot of ways about church attendance and body life and right. fellowship and the one another's. And there's a there's a general sense of this isn't something that's a priority for us anymore. It's not the kind of priority that it used to be or we,
1: right. we once thought that it was. Well, the, the generalized point we're both trying to make, I think, is the Bible says that the New Testament church was devoted to one another, and I don't think we're seeing that devotion of the one another's at, at the level we should. For example, Galatians says we should bear one another's burdens. Well, if I'm bearing your burden through a phone call, that's very different than sitting next to you at the church service, praying for you on the front pew, praying for you at the altar, gathering friends around you to say, hey, you know, my friend Tom here needs some prayer. Right. Let's all, let's all get around him and pray. And I get the social distancing thing.
0: Well, but I could come
1: over to your house and pray. Yeah. But I'm just saying it's really important. Well, if we're all coming to the house and praying, then the one another's are happening. Right. What I'm afraid of is one another's aren't happening because we've said church is on the back burner for now. Right. We've parked it and, and we're not actually practicing one of the healthiest and most important values of church, which is body life. Yeah. I agree how do you think that we can start shifting towards? Cause this is something that
0: I, I've been thinking about just in the church that you pastor North side here in mobile. We've regathered. We we've started having fellowship again and going back to what you said a second ago, we've started to kind of see a whole new demographic of mm-hmm. attendees, a whole new mm-hmm. demographic of people that are fellowshipping with us um, at, coming out of
1: quote unquote, out of COVID. Yeah, God's done a fresh work here. That's very unexpected, but, Wonderful. Right. And and we've started to shift towards a
0: new place and, and a new place. Um, how do you think that other churches can start shifting towards that?
1: Well, I think you, the pastors and the leadership teams have to actually figure out how to practice the one another's. Look at 21 another's and say, we need to figure out how to exercise some of this. We need to make sure we're actually exercising some of this. Admonish, bear one of those birds, encouraging one another um devoted to one another there's just a whole long list um but but they're all you know i I don't think you can take the plank out of somebody the beam or the speck (laughs) take the beam out of your eye plank out of your eye then take the speck you can't take the speck out of somebody's eye virtually right typically you really do need to be that's that's a sincere moment where you're you're trying to help somebody see a, a weakness in them or a flaw like we talked about this morning in First in, you know, uh, Timothy 4, you're trying to help somebody, you're trying to rebuke somebody in love the right way, not the wrong way. And to do that, you got to, it's way better eye to eye. If I get a phone call that's a rebuke, you know, I can just slam my phone down or hang up. And then I can act like I want to behind it. And the person thinks I received it, but I really didn't. But if I do it to you face to face, you know, in fellowship, in a small group, in a setting where it's just the two of us or whatever, now we're fellowshipping one another's and if i rebuke you there and you reject me now i got an understanding hey there's a there's a deeper spiritual thing here we need to call a brother in or a pastor or a helper and we need to work through this maybe maybe i'm off maybe we need to call that pastor in so i get addressed but either way it's people around people christian people around christian people helping each other grow it's that family environment and i i think the pastor's You know, really need to figure out how to do some of that and fellowshipping with one another, serving together, you know, Mm -hmm. have a work day at your church, social distance yourself, however you want to do that, but have a work day at your church on a Saturday now and just, we're all going to deep clean the church for COVID reasons or whatever you want to do. Give everybody some very sanitary towels and wipe all the light switches and doorknobs and, you know, handrails and counter services down clean the nursery toys and all that good stuff. But it's a serving day where we're serving one another with one another and we're actually hanging out together. Um, I think you're going to have to do some of that where, where you're in proximity. Yeah. I think with a lot of that though, and I agree, and
0: I, I would agree with all of that to play devil's advocate a little bit. You're, you're going to see a lot of, um, and, and there has been, we've, we've seen it, um, on social media and in other places and other parts of the country, there's going to be a lot of pushback um, from people who have some sensitivity to how all that plays out within the church. Yeah, and uh, and this, I'll be, I'll be clear because, because this, yeah. this whole subject is that you, you mentioned COVID. You just mentioned the word COVID now and people get sensitive yeah, and offended. Yeah. So, our
1: cultures learn to draw very hard lines between each other that probably don't need to be there in all kinds exactly. of places, especially, and this is one of those places I'm not suggesting that, you know, 95-year-old women with compromised immune systems and, you know, diabetes and four other health issues come up here and hug a bunch of us and clean. Right. Right. I'm not suggesting that that even a young person that may be going through some medical thing that they need to take care of themselves. But I am saying that the healthy ones of your church that are, have remained healthy so far through all of this, um, or they've been tested and they found that they have the immunity to it, That you know, that what is it, the... They've been tested and found they had it but they're okay. Right. They got through it. Yeah, they're good. Yep. Yeah, they can come hang out with you. And and all of us can, you know, be together in a bunch of that. Um and, and I think at some point the church ought to step up to some of that. Um again, I'm not saying throw caution to the wind and just whatever. If people are sensitive, so I'm I'm trying to be sensitive to those that are sensitive. Right. Um, if you have somebody at home that you're taking care of, you know that's possibly very easily compromised, you obviously can't be out and around a bunch of people. Now you can mask up if the mask help, that's a complicated, whether it does or doesn't, who knows, but you can mask up and come do all that, go home, you know, take all your clothes off going into, through your laundry room and, and change into, you know, some fresh clothes so that you're actually trying to decontaminate yourself. There's ways to work through this. Sure. Um, Sure. You know, all these people that have been working in healthcare have figured a bunch of it out. So,
0: yeah, And I I would also say that even in the midst of this, there's still ways for the church since the church is the people and the body of Christ, not the building. Mm -hmm. There's ways for the church to still be the church in the community. And there there may never have been a greater need. There there may be no greater time than now for the church to be out in the community, actually serving people and, and actually
1: doing the things that it's called to do. Well, I've had two of our, mm-hmm. two of our young members, new, newest attenders and members come uh, to me recently and say, hey, we really want to go visit the homes in Le Baron Woods down the road from us in this right. little neighborhood. We really want to go visit them and just walk the neighborhood and hand out flyers to, to let them know we're here for them and praying for them. And I'm thrilled with that, you know, and it can be done socially distanced. You can lay the flyer on their porch and back up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I've got some people that are saying we do want to serve while we're on lockdown, while we're we're all weirded out by this thing. We still need to serve. Right. And they want to get into that community and do that. So, again, there's some things that could be done if you think through it and work through it. Yeah, I completely agree. In one
0: of the last episodes, we talked about this. And just kind of by way of example, let's just say that the Apostle Paul were alive and well today in the midst of (laughs) COVID-19. Oh, my Lord. It's really interesting to think about how he may have responded to a situation like this because culturally things were a little bit different for him. In your very humble, very humble opinion. You're just trying to make me angry. As a <laughs> season 40-plus year pastor with a Bible college degree in pastoral theology, and I would, who I would consider well acquainted with the Apostle Paul. You've preached, I don't know how many sermons on the Apostle Paul and his writings. Preached one this morning. Mm-hmm. How do you think he would be responding to the events of today if he were walking the earth?
1: Well, I've I've kind of put some of that. I've slowed my brain down on that. I, I think you're punching. You're trying to punch the bear here. Um, I will tell you this. I don't think Paul would have been happy with the church before COVID. The American sure, church sure. before COVID. I agree. Is very weak. It's impotent. It's it's got very little evangelism happening. The stats on that are ridiculous. In the Southern Baptist Convention, less than one percent Southern Baptist churches, less than one percent of the church actually evangelize, ever witness. Wow. Um, but but other churches don't. They they're not any stronger. So so there's very little witnessing going on by the church. But then the church's devotion itself, just like the stat we read at Barna a couple of weeks ago. People think they're devoted because they went to church one time in a month. They're calling that devotion. In the New Testament, they were daily in the temple. In Acts chapter 2, they met daily in the temple. And Paul would say, if you want to deal with this issue of COVID, let's go back to the real issue of devotion. Where is the devotion of your church? Where are your people devoted to the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, and the work of the church? The New Testament church is the hope of the world. And it's, it's why I think it's why I'm so burdened to not see churches close. It's why I'm so burdened to say, we have to get churches healthy again. So they're doing things that matter. And so people can look and go, Hey, the reason I'm okay is because I I attend this church that's healthy. I don't want the church to get the glory. Jesus is going to get the glory, but if the church is doing it right, that's the natural step. And the church is where you get strong to help make that happen. It's where where people come together in a community and can make all that happen. And I agree. I agree with you. I think a
0: lot of the foundational things that we're seeing people struggle with, like fellowship and attendance, it's like the definition of those things just either don't matter to them anymore or like they've, they've changed when really they haven't. Right. Um, And I think that COVID
1: COVID has magnified
0: it's illuminated
1: all of that. The problem. It's, it's
0: very. Yeah. It's well, but it's reve- it's been very revealing. Yes. It's been very yeah. revealing for where a lot of believers stand.
1: And you have a whole lot of leadership across the board. I mean, exactly. big names in church world far far bigger than our little world. Big names are saying the landscape of churches are about to change. The virtual church is going to take a, a bump because everybody wants to do virtual oh, church it, now. It, it already has. Yeah, and, and then but then also the physical church itself is going to become different than it has been. And everybody's trying to figure out what that different is. Right. Um, I think probably healthier if pastors will just speak the truth and love about it all, what we really are. And, and we'll face what we, it's hard to face as a church. I mean, just as a pastor, candidly, it's hard to see your church weak, identified as weak and see that weakness and go, "Hmm,
0: that's on me. Well, it's discouraging for a lot of pastors, which, um, Here at 614, one of the things that we do is pastoral encouragement. You know that. Sure. A lot of the people that listen to our podcast and follow our ministry know that. And I think that one of the things that organizations like ours are going to have to do is step up to the plate and be encouraging to pastors in the middle of something like this. It was discouraging for pastors before, as you pointed out, because they were already starting to see the health of the church wane. Mm -hmm. Attendance was already waning churches were already in decline but then this just rebuilt it magnified it amplified
1: it all the more so you know here's an interesting caveat to that so so I'm a small church pastor just generally xyz pastor whoever and I'm stressed every week coming in before covid I'm stressed because I got all these people that I think are trying to serve and help but really they're they're not where they should be in relationally they're not in the one another passages they're not growing in their own faith they're letting me feed them and they're they're taking a lot but they're not giving back there's all those dynamics happening and i'm not saying every church is like that but a lot of them have that dynamic had that dynamic coming into covid then covid comes and we shut it down and we go hey we can't meet for a little while national emergency, international emergency. Ah, everybody panics. Right. Right. All of us are on our couches watching some poor guy, you know, watching your pastor trying to figure his Facebook live feed out. He's got his phone propped up on a set of plants in front of him and he's trying to right. do his thing. Right.
0: So all that, by, by the way, email us or call us if you need help with that. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: some of them are turning their phone sideways and they're sideways on the camera, you know, all oh, that's Lord, happening. Please you remember some of that. So, But, but we're watching all that. And, and, and I'm just going to give you the weird positive in some of that. Now we're trying to come back, and the people that are coming back, you're looking at it going, huh, they're not where I thought they were with the loyalty, devotion, and hope of the church. But as a pastor, the positive is I don't have to keep hoping on them anymore. Right. I was really convinced they were going to be helper, 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 and now I can go, well, that— now I, I gotta, I gotta wait on the Lord to do something else, bring somebody else in, or take whatever else my ministry model had that person helping with. I need to take that model down for now and move forward with some other ministry focus that I need to have. In other words, it's refining. We talked about this in one of the early episodes of COVID. It's refining how I think about church. What are my priorities to church now? You know, it's refining my commitment to discipling for sure. You know, I'm heavy into discipleship right now because I can get a small group of people together at my, at your house, my house, our house. house. (laughs) Right. I can get a bunch of people here in the conference room where we're having this conversation right here and we can just dialogue a bunch of stuff and grow in our faith. And so my commitment to discipleship, the one another of discipleship, you know, is skyrocketing through this time. So, so there are some positives occurring in a bunch of that. And I think it's healthy for us as a church to, to reevaluate as pastor, reassess Take some stuff off the table if you need to. Definitely take some people's names off the table if you need to. It's hard, but take them off and go, all right, we're going to move forward this way. This is the way we got to go now. And I, I understand better what I have as a resource now that COVID's hit. My resources are much clearer. Yeah, I agree.
0: And to all of the volunteers and leaders and support staff out there, I will say it will help your pastors if you will be supportive of the direction that he's going, you know, and follow, follow. Follow him and support him in the decisions that he makes. Um, your pastor, yes, yeah, support, yeah. support your pastor and yeah, jump, jump on board with your leader in the decision that he's going to make. Pray for him, talk to him, where candidly. he's going to lead the church. Right, and and show him some support because pastors in the midst of COVID nineteen are really dealing with a lot right now, and they really do need your support for the decisions that they're going to make. I kind of want to, I kind of want to segue into this uh, issue, branch off for a second, and talk about. Um, this this issue of isolation, uh, which is something that we're still seeing within the church at large as we talk about how fellowship and body life hasn't retur- returned to normal for everybody yet. We've regathered. A lot of churches right. have regathered, but there's other churches that haven't regathered at all, some that are still trying to figure it out. Some of the really
1: large ones, especially, are right. having a real
0: challenge right. figuring that out. Right. mid sized and, and large churches are, are really struggling with how to do this. And there's and we've talked about this uh, on the podcast. You've mentioned this in your sermon that there are spiritual dangers to not attending church. And one of those is that you end up leaving yourself and or your family or your children, if you're married, kind of on, on your own. And you're trying to do the work of the church by yourself. You can't carry one another's burdens. You can't do all of
1: that. You don't have anybody carry your bird. Right. You, yeah. yeah.
0: Nobody's there. Nobody's yeah, there for you're, you. all,
1: you're, you're out there in the all field all by yourself
0: on your own. So how, how can pastors kind of speak to that, speak to the, the isolation and the members that are, are still isolated.
1: Yeah. I, I would suggest pastors lovingly contact them and warn them about that and ask, how can we help you get connected? If you're going to stay at home, I need to still be connected with you somehow. And you know, for example, for me, I've started doing that daily devotion, a little three minute, four minute mm-hmm. daily devotion on Facebook. I right. send it out to almost every week. I do it every day, but I send it out almost every, uh, week. I try to send it to most of my church family, just literally tag them in. Is that what's called tag them? So tag mm-hmm. your friends. So, so, but that's one little connection where they see, you know, me every week giving a Bible verse out every day, giving a Bible verse out. So that, That helps, but it's still virtual, not real. Right. So then, like last week, you know, while I was driving out of town for that funeral, I just made, you know, 18 phone calls, checking on everybody. I can get to answer the phone and seeing how they're doing and checking up on them. And there's people that haven't been to our church. Some of them can't come because they have compromised immune systems. One lady had surgery, you know, so she's shut down for a while. Right. Compromised immune systems and all that stuff. So they're out. But I'm just calling and checking, calling and checking, calling and checking. So... So I can do some of that by phone, but then it ultimately comes down to, can I come visit? Can we, can we see each other? Even if it's sitting way across each, from each other on your front porch, you know, in our 105 degree weather, whatever it is, uh, however we can do that, I really do want to have some s- spatial contact with you at some point. And I think a pastor needs to step up to that. I think, I think it's time to, to try to bridge some of those barriers and say healthy church has to make some of this happen.
0: Right. And that goes back to the body, life and the fellowship. And there's a lot of passages that you um, have referenced and talked about it within the concept of the one another's that talk about living peaceably with one another. Right. And not not engaging in uh, senseless quarrels. Right. And covid, like we mentioned a minute ago, is something that has become. And I was I that. was yeah. I was even talking with um, mom about this earlier today. Is something that has become so political. It's just a political buzzword, right, and right. the very minute you mention and divisive, it's right. just divisive right. now. The minute you mention it, it's a yeah. it's a trigger word, right. and somebody has an opinion about it. So, the body of Christ, I really believe, has a r- responsibility and a role in the midst of this to be peaceable about it, right. and and there's a way right. I think for us to do that healthily and to say we can still regather and or support our pastor or whatever. And I think the focus of that,
1: Josh, I think the focus of that is Hebrews 10. Uh, it's the passage that gets all these pastors riled up and church members riled up, uh, you know, we do not need to forsake our own assembly, not forsaking the assembly, right? That's the whole get back together passage. Right. That's got a bunch of people going, well, I I can't do that because the law says whatever. Right. But in the process, in that verse just before it, it says we need to consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. So I think that one another of stimulating each other, if you're not going to be back in our building, I still need to stimulate you to love and good deeds. If you have a compromised challenge or whatever that's keeping you out, I can still help you. If you'll sit under our leadership, as you said, follow the leadership, follow the instructions and get busy doing some good things while you're sitting at home. You can, you can make some phone calls and make some prayers for people. You can help some people with, with your literally call them over the phone and pray for them over the phone. You know, you can call and encourage the church staff. Lord knows they need it. Right? Church staff needs, needs support during this time. Um, but we have to encourage and build, eat, build up each other, um, and stimulate one another to love and good deeds. You know, call somebody and find out if they're, if they don't have enough groceries this week or they're going through some challenge. Let your pastoral staff know and, you know, just write a, write a check to some, to some pastoral staff guy to say, Hey, can you take a, you know, $25 worth of groceries to this family for me? Kind of deal. I can't get out, but you can. So. Right all of that can be worked into the system of us still being one another's and it takes a little more effort and work, but I think it's way worth it. And if we don't, you know, ultimately we're going to disobey one of the core values of church life and, and weaken the church month by month. We, week by week, we get weaker and weaker as we do not gather. Which,
0: which I think in agreement with, I, I think that this, I think that this pandemic, this epidemic, whatever you want to call we, it,
1: whatever in the world we're what, what,
0: whatever it actually is, right. could be a huge wake up call from God pointing the church at large, capital C, towards what we actually need to be focused on. You know, the church has a tendency to get focused on little things that don't matter. As a 40 plus year pastor, you know, this the church gets focused on all these little stupid, trivial things like the color of the carpet or what so and so is teaching on in their small group or right. you know things right. things like that and it's just it's little bitty rifts and and preferences and things inside the church that don't not matter not bearing burdens right. not loving not, one another not, not, not larger, stimulating one
1: another to good deeds the larger not encouraging issues. and building up one another in their faith so.
0: and and i kind of see the need for a, a stronger presence this this idea of maybe the neighborhood church the the local church being connected to the community again and in a way that does that. Right. That, right. That does the, the one another's. And, and again,
1: I think that's one of the positives that's going to come out of COVID is we've got to retune ourselves to that kind of church deal. So I, I love the idea. I also wonder if it's revealed and I'll, I'll just, I'll just close out with this.
0: I also wonder if maybe it's revealed that a lot of churches, small, mid midsize and large haven't networked well with each other. Right. And they're not working together well with each other within their local communities. Right. Small churches that share the same passion for the gospel and share the same core fundamental beliefs should actually
1: be working together to reach out to their local communities. And again, that's where pastors need to have friends that are pastors in their community. doesn't matter if it's the same denomination or different denomination, but a network of close pastors. Instead of trying to go solo. Yeah. We've got a whole group of us that are fasting this week and going to Zoom together uh, every morning in a six o'clock prayer meeting. We are meeting virtually as pastors, close friends, pastors right now, this week we'll meet every morning for prayer um, and praying for some very specific stuff with regard to our town and revival in our town and crime rate to go down in our town and COVID to be over and churches to be stronger. So, Right. um,
0: And I think that kind of connection between churches is good. I want to wrap out this episode with a huge announcement. 614 Ministries is thrilled that we are going to be able to sponsor and partner with this year's That Church Conference to be held September 22nd through 25th. It is the sixth annual church communications conference and the first ever fully online in its history. You can visit thatchurchcc.com for more information and check out an amazing lineup of over 75 speakers. I'll be digitally attending the entire event, and I'm so honored to be sponsoring this. My buddy Justin Dean of The Sunday Group and Courageous Storytellers heads it up every year. It'll be four days of interactive content and teaching covering topics in church communications, marketing, social media, design, technology, and ministry leadership. If you're a church comms professional or a pastor juggling it all by yourself or volunteer who's wearing multiple hats and doing everything, this this conference is for you. Thatchurchcc.com. Check it out. Buy a ticket. Check out all the affiliate organizations and the sponsors at the bottom. 614 Ministries is in there, and you'll be glad you did. We thank all of you for listening to this episode of Rescuing Churches, and we hope that you found all the content and dialogue helpful and inspiring as always. If you'd like to give us some thoughts and feedback on this episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can call us at 601-909-0614. Or you can email us at 614rebuild at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on any of our social media networks and channels, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Leave
1: us leave us a five-star or yes, a four-star or, yes, or three-star.
0: Please leave us a rating on the or podcast. Or a two-star. Yeah.